Support for this podcast and the following messages comes from Texas Mutual Insurance Company, proud to support the many Texas businesses who make safety their number one priority in the workplace. More information about Safety Focus Workers' Comp available at WorkSafeTexas.com. Blog Talk Radio. Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill, presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is always present but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way with new eyes. So stay with us and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for today, thoughts on death and immortality. Part 1, and before we explore this topic, I'd like to say a few words about Alice Bailey, founder of the Lucis Trust. Lucis Trust sponsors this show. Alice Bailey also wrote 24 books of esoteric philosophy, and those 24 books are the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear on this show. The following thought is also from the works of Alice Bailey. Death, if we could but realize it, is one of the most practiced activities. We have died many times and shall die again and again. Just as soon as we know ourselves to be souls, we shall no longer know death. If death is one of our most practiced activities, why do we approach the subject with so little understanding? uh, It's a good question. If we're such experts in it, how come we're so uh, Mm. ignorant? Mm. I think... There are probably different levels to our awareness, and on our higher levels of consciousness, we we are um, more um, confident and more experienced in the process of death, and we have to trust that when our time comes, we will summon up some of that expertise to make our transition. People can surprise you when they are getting ready to um, relinquish the body, they can draw upon reservoirs of wisdom and of um, serenity and of farsightedness looking toward the future that can be quite surprising, even in people that you think are not uh, the kind that would be ready to make the transition with so much uh, aplomb. But another reason that we are so uncertain about having lived before is that our consciousness when we are living in physical bodies and expressing ourselves through personalities with emotions and thoughts and drives and desires and urges and fears and hopes and all of that works against the memory of the soul's attainment from past lifetimes. The soul exists on the level of the higher consciousness which is abstract 
and which is concerned with universals, whereas the personality is concerned with the mundane, the here and now, and with me, me, me. It's all about me. And that's the antithesis of the soul's awareness, which is universal and inclusive. So when you think of it in those terms, it's no wonder that um, our personality consciousness focused on terra firma doesn't remember much about past lifetimes. No, I think that's the missing element, uh, the soul. And it's not, I mean, we, we use the term soul a lot in uh, religious and spiritual teachings, but... Uh, I think too often <coughs> people use it as if it's a higher, finer, nicer version of themselves. <coughs> Right, it isn't really identified as um, an immortal being that um, spends a short time here in this lifetime, but uh, you know, it continues on life after life. It says, as it says in the quote, there we have died many times, and it's the soul that uh, it's the factor that's missing in our discussion or any discussion in it. That's why we lack really understanding, I think, is because we don't factor in this factor of the soul enough to understand, give us understanding. There's also the question of who do we mean by we? We have died many times. I think automatically the mind thinks, well, I, the personality, I, Sarah, I, Dale, I, Robert, have died many times. Yes, but it's the innermost indwelling higher self, the soul that has died, not our personality, Robert or Dale or Sarah. We are the limited expression on the personality level of a unique uh, and not particularly highly spiritually evolved entity in our personalities. When we say we have died many times, we are speaking of ourselves as the soul. And I think for a very long time in spiritual development, there's little contact with that higher, inner, finer being. Right. This this being is the immortal part of us, and it's that which does continue on. And I think we have to give it more of a place in our our discussion and our our understanding, and try to try to understand what this soul is more than than we do now because it's it's the uh, crucial factor that uh, uh, gives us a better understanding of what death really is. I think another factor that works against our um, sense of confidence and of experience in the process of dying is that modern life is so thoroughly focused on the material plane. My understanding of ancient times and of earlier civilizations was that they had a very close connection with the abstract realm, often in quite a mystical, psychic sense that wasn't particularly um, evolved spiritually, but they did have a sense of the inner subjective side of life, which they tried to placate through rites and ceremonies. The world was a very powerful and scary place for uh, early civilizations and um, that probably uh, developed an awareness that there was another dimension to life that was powerful, uncontrollable, really meaningful. But now with the growth of science and the human mind, we are more in control of the uh, realms that we live in. We have gained quite a lot of control over the weather, over 
um, managing uh, living conditions, and um, that's been all to the good, but it's also deepened our focus on the outer realms. And another factor is that the whole process of dying is no longer really a part of a lot of people's experience in, in speaking in terms of family and friends and so on. I can remember my mother often referring to the death of her grandmother coming home, I think, from Christmas Eve services <clears throat> in the sleigh. This was in rural America in the winter. They rode in a sleigh to church, came home, and the grandmother died. Uh, on the way home, she had a stroke. And that was the frequent experience, I think, of a lot of people, that the older members of the family died and were laid out in the parlor and you had a visitation and a funeral and um, it was part of living now people who are ill are whisked off to the intensive care unit out of sight and we don't really see them die no and often when they do die it's there's um, a medical team surrounding them mm-hmm. maybe oh, pounding on their chest to try to get their heart function again mm-hmm. so it's it's not the quiet peaceful <laughs> death that one would hope to have mm-hmm. and unfortunately it's, um, so I think science and all its wonders um, can be can be very a, a good place to uh, try to understand the death but also, I think science sometimes gets in the way because um, it seems to be the promotion of the uh, life of this physical body at all means. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily what the intention of the soul is. No, it's one of those areas of life where we've developed more expertise than wisdom, I think. And I'm sure that a lot of the medical professionals are deeply aware of this. And um, I hope that in the decades to come that we will gain more of a sense of the cycles of life and an acceptance of dying as a timely event that will come to every living being that inhabits a form, animal, vegetable, human, we all if we inhabit a form, we'll have to relinquish that form. And it's part of the cycles of life. The Bible says there's a time to be born and a time to die. And it isn't a failure. It isn't um, uh, something that's gone wrong, gone off track, but just a normal part of the cyclic flow of life. When we can accept that, then maybe we can deal with open eyes uh, in facing the significance of death. Right, I, I think it's 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 part of living. It's just as another cycle in in the whole process of living, really. And you're living uh, whether in the physical world, in the physical body, or you continue to live afterwards in the outside the body. It's um, it's just a matter of consciousness, a shifting of consciousness from one state of consciousness in the physical world into another state of consciousness in a non-physical world. But it's the same consciousness, it's the same being, and it just, as it's described in the in the Bailey teachings, like going through a door from one room into another. And we can prepare for that transition by expanding our consciousness now uh, of the 
abstract realms of life, of the identifying for ourselves what we think are the more timeless values, freeing our attention from the incessant focus on the material and the transitional. And all of that can help to prepare our consciousness for when the body needs to be relinquished. We won't have all our eggs in that basket, so to speak, and so we can let it go. If we know ourselves to be more than our physical bodies, more than our personalities. Alice Bailey touches on this in that she says, depending on the level of spiritual evolution is the degree of awareness when one dies. And the the very materialistic, um, unspiritual person experiences death, she says, basically as a sleep and a forgetting. For the average person, there is some sense of continuity, she said, some sense of continuing and of taking with him or her certain tendencies and um, attributes and inclinations into the uh, next realm. And for the more spiritually awakened, there is an, a continuing awareness of relationships, of responsibilities, of continuity in whatever particular field of service or life focus has been developing probably in incarnation after incarnation she said for the spiritual aspirant death is an immediate entrance into a sphere of service and an expression to which he is well accustomed and which he recognizes immediately as not new probably a more enhanced opportunity for service for those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. Our topic for today, Thoughts on Death and Immortality, Part 1. We have a special offer from Lucis Publishing Company, and that's the Alice Bailey book, Death, The Great Adventure. Death, The Great Adventure is a compilation of extracts on the spiritual meaning of death from the books of Alice Bailey. Um, just to give you an example, a quote from this book. I quote, The present cycle is the end of the age, and the next 200 year, years will see the abolition of death, as we now understand that great transition, and the, the establishing of the act of the soul's existence. <clears throat> and once again, that's a quote from Alice Bailey's book uh, that we have at a special discount today, the title of the book, Death, the Great Adventure, and it's also... Uh, uh, you'll find a lot of today's discussion uh, explained in greater depth within this book. So it's available today for $12, um, free shipping and handling, if you mention that you heard about the offer on Inner Sight. What you need to do, if you'd like to take advantage of this offer, is send a check or a money order, $12, to Lucis Publishing Company, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, one zero 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 five, and once again, you're asking uh, for the Alice Bailey book, Death, the Great Adventure. Once again, send a twelve dollar check or money order to Lucis Publishing, Lucis L U C I S, Lucis Publishing Company, one twenty Wall Street, New York, New York one zero 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 five. If you'd like to get in contact with uh, uh, to us uh, for any reason whatsoever. Uh, just give us a call on our toll-free number, which is one eight six 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 nine five 695 
8247. Generally, people call and they ask for a general package of information about what Lewis's Trust is, and the uh, most frequently asked question that we can deal with right now is, is it a religion? No, it's not a religion. So if you'd like that general package of information, please give us a call. The easy way to remember the number is one eight six six N Y Lucis Lucis L U C I S. Think of one eight six six New York Lucis. All of our inside programs can be heard on our website at www.lucistrust.org. On the homepage, you'll find the link to today's program, which will be available for hearing in a day or two. Last week's program is already available, and many of our past programs can also be heard. Once again, www.lucistrust.org. The theme of each week's program is posted in advance on our website so that you can see in advance what next Sunday's program will be. And uh, once again, uh, we appreciate your donations, both large and small. We uh, That's your support of what we're doing, and if you want us to continue with these shows, please continue to send those donations to us at um, 120 Wall Street. That's uh, Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. I was thinking about how comforting today's show and what Sarah and Dale were saying would be to Longfellow, a famous poet who lived in the 19th century, who lived many years after his wife, and every day he was in agony. He wrote so many poems about her, uh, and he was so distraught, but it would certainly be comforting for him to have heard this show, I think. And mm-hmm. and also, um, what, what I was considering, too, is if uh, we are such experts and we've gone through many lifetimes, why is it that we don't have any, according to the Bally books, why don't we have any memory of these lifetimes? I think it's because we aren't fully connected with all levels of our being and we um, are too focused in the most transitory uh, of our um, bodies, so to speak, the personality and the physical body and not focused at all or not focused enough in that which is universal and enduring and the whole problem of death and immortality is to come to some kind of an awareness of what part of ourselves, our consciousness, our being is enduring and immortal and what part of ourselves is transitory and will die. Probably that's a question most of us have never even asked ourselves, but Socrates asked it ages ago. He said, no one knows what death is and whether it is not the greatest of all good things. Nevertheless, he said, it's feared as if it were the supreme evil. When death comes near to man, that which is mortal in him is scattered. That which is immortal and incorruptible withdraws intact. I find that very interesting to ponder on because I think he got to the essential point about death. That which is mortal will go, disappear, vanish. And we, it behooves us to develop our awareness of our life, our being, in terms of what is universal. What attitudes, what values, what components of our identity can we imagine should and will endure? Our ability to love, our ability to relate inclusively to others, to think beyond the separated self. We can't, you know, there's that old saying, you can't take it with you. You can't take your success 
in worldly terms with you, you can take your love, your forgiveness, your sacrifice, your unselfishness, your uh, sympathy, your compassion. Those will endure. Yes, because those are the qualities of the soul, and that's what is being developed in the world with each new life. The soul goes through it. It attempts to develop this, these qualities of, of light and love and the strength of will <clears throat> and relating it to all to the light and love and will of God because that is the purpose of the soul's existence is on earth is to, to serve that great need of bringing light and love into the world and anchoring it into the world in human consciousness. And so that is what it attempts to develop in and, and gain an experience it's it's also gaining experience in <laughs> in in uh, working in physical substance, which has not always been part of the soul's experience, but <clears throat> it is as long as it keeps these life after life process going. So it's um. But you you were saying about what is it that survives after death and it's a little difficult to kind of understand that, I think, but it is said that the individuality is not lost. There is that sense of individuality that always <clears throat> remains, whether you're in the physical body or outside the physical body, and whether you have gone through the death process or not. There is that individuality in, in the human terms it's the I-self and that which enables us to identify ourselves as I, I am. And that's what remains always. And that's where the immortal part of us comes in. And uh, all the rest is forms or um, just different personality lifetimes that we've been through. But that same individuality uh, continues on afterwards. Don't you think that that sense of individuality is the sense of awareness of identity? Like you said, I am, but not with a trace of I am special, I am unique, I am different from everyone else, no one else is quite like me. It's not that kind of individuality, are you saying? No, no, it isn't that. It's just a much deeper, more subtle sense of I. I, I am. Mm. Alice Bailey said, um, though we are one with all that lives and breathes, yet we are, yet she said, identity ever remains. Though we are one with all that lives and breathes, identity ever remains. I don't think it means that we, re we stay separated and distinct so much as aware, aware, that awareness remains. Mm hmm and it's it's that same identity that um, whether it's in the state of the personality life or in the state of the soul itself because even the soul eventually gives up its its own what is called the causal body and it moves on into the monadic or the father aspect and it returns to the father as Christ said and must return to my father <clears throat> but 
you don't he doesn't bring all that baggage with him it's just the experience that the i self has retained all through this great process i think it's easy to lose sight of the fact that death is a um, an expression of the will of the soul so often we think of death as something that happens without any um, management or administration. It's just sort of a calamity that occurs at some point and then the screen comes down and goes blank. But in fact, Alice Bailey said the act of death is an act of will. There are accidents um, that happen that the soul cannot always predict or control, apparently, I suppose, in times of war and so on, certainly. But speaking about most of us who live out a, a lifetime, either short or long, and who die through illness or whatever, it's an act of will. She said death comes to the individual human being when the will to live in the physical body goes and the will to abstract takes its place. That's a decision of the soul. The will to live in the physical body goes. At some point the soul knows it has done what it can and should in that particular uh, incarnation, in that particular body. And she said this, we call death. And from its own place the soul of the individual recognizes the end of a cycle and recalls its life. It does this through a discharge of the will energy that's strong enough to bring about the change. Right. It's in, a, in the process of natural death, it's the soul's decision of when to, uh, when to end it, when to terminate this uh, process, and to, when to uh, return to the source. And uh, it's, a, it's a long, rather complicated process, at least if you try to explain it, but to the soul it's just a, a simple matter of uh, cutting the life thread and <laughs> essentially pulling the plug and uh, the life force um, it stops and it, the, the, the body dies, but the soul lives on. So it's a, it's a decision of the soul when to do this. So, so I think it's a, that's another way that we have to bow to the soul and allow the soul to do its carry out its will mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think this is understood in the saying when someone is getting ready to die it's his time there's this recognition that it, it's the right time and those of us who have to let that person go have to release them with love and trust and it's very very hard it's not an easy thing. I don't want to minimize that. But there is a passage from an ancient spiritual text, the Bhagavad Gita, that to me really sums up the, the trust we should have in the process of death and rebirth and immortality. Krishna was speaking to the suffering Arjuna, who was seeing death in this great war taking place all around him, and he didn't know what to do. And Krishna said to him, Know thou that there never was a time when I, nor thou, nor any of these princes of earth was not, nor shall there ever come a time hereafter when any of us shall cease to be. Please take advantage of the special offer from Lucis Publishing Company, and that's the Alice Valley book, Death, The Great Adventure. 
Death, the Great Adventure, is a compilation of extracts on, on the spiritual meaning of death from the books of Alice Bailey. Quote from that book, The present cycle is the end of the age, and the next 200 years will see the abolition of death as we now understand that great transition and the establishing of the fact of the soul's existence. Uh, the, uh, the book is available for $12, and you need to send a check or a money order, $12, to Lucis Publishing, Lucis, L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Publishing Company, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called The Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Got to get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You're sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So McDonald's? I could use a McCafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that?